0: And hello, everybody. Welcome to FSU Coach Live. My name is Tim Baghurst, and today's special guest is Scott Garvis. He is a former athletic director and now has his fingers in many different pies. <laughs> he, he runs podcasts, he consults, he does a lot of things. But Scott, thanks so much for joining me. If you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about your career history and how you got to, to doing what you're doing today.
1: Yeah, so uh, it, thank you for having me on. First of all, I really appreciate it. It's an honor Perfect. to be on the show and I, I read much of your content on LinkedIn and on social media. And I, and I appreciate what you're doing to educate our coaches. Cause um, as we talked about when you were on our podcast a few weeks ago, uh, the importance of educating our coaches and, and making sure they have the skill sets um, that we're going to make them successful. And then in the end, make our student athletes successful. So thank you for everything you do. So, yeah. So just briefly about me, uh, I, I was a, uh, the son of a coach, and so uh, from a very young age, I was on the sideline, um, you know, on the football sidelines, on the edge of a wrestling mat. Uh, my dad coached for many years at the high school and collegiate level, so just grew up around sport, um, and you know, loved it. Um, ha- after I graduated from high school, I actually wanted to be an attorney. That was kind of my my plan. Uh, as I as I went through school, I got my degree in political science um, and then uh, kind of gravitated towards education um, and got into and actually was a GA um, a football coach for a few years and then fell in love with coaching and, and got into athletic administration, got my master's degree from Drake University um, in educational leadership and then got another master's from the United States Sports Academy in um, athletic administration. And um, was at a very, co- coach college football for four years um, and then moved to a very small high school. I was head football coach, athletic director, head track coach, uh, assistant basketball, dean of students, janitor on the weekend, did Saturday schools, kind of did jack of all trades, master of none. Um, and then I moved to a, a much larger high school in Muscatine, Iowa, and was an assistant principal and athletic and activities director, um, and also uh, did uh, special ed um, uh, administration. And then I moved to uh, Burnsville, Minnesota, where I was a district AD up in the Minneapolis area. Um, so I've been I've kind of been all over the place. Uh, then I was up in or I was up in Minneapolis for a while, and then I went out to. A private school out in Seattle, Washington, Eastside Catholic, and was a senior director of athletics there. And then we moved back to Iowa, where um, his uh, home, Minnesota, Iowa, is kind of home for me, and uh, moved back here and been here for now uh, 10, 10, 11, 13 years now, and um, was the athletic director at Newton High School, and then most recently the athletic director at Ankeny Centennial. Um, and as you said, made the, made the leap over into the, the private sector here uh, this last summer and uh, been driving all over the place, doing a lot of traveling, but have loved the opportunity to help athletic directors and coaches um, hone their skill. And, you know, just like we talked about last time, um, I, I've always considered myself a servant leader. And now in my role, I really feel like I can live out my transformational purpose statement um, through what I'm doing now which is kind of like a dream job. I'm, I'm getting to do all the things I love to do, helping coaches, helping student athletes um, excel and, and, and live a life of excellence through uh, athletics. I think it's – I loved your tweet the other day that you put out, Dr. Baghurst, about sport, and it's a, a platform. It doesn't necessarily teach character, but a vehicle that it can be taught. And, again, that all comes down to the coaches having those skills – to teach life lessons through sport. So um, that's kind of my two cent (laughs) version of of kind of my career. And and I've loved to be uh, in this role now in consulting and and working with digital marketing and working with some businesses. Um, It's been really fun and really kind of I feel um, at the end of the day is what I was good at as an athletic director and a coach. So now I can really focus on on those skills that I feel like I'm best at.
0: All right. Well, if anybody has a question for, for Scott, just put it in your chat box and we'll get it to him. One of the questions I was kind of planning on asking you is, it's just this decision to walk away from full-time yeah. job, career, sure. stability, mm-hmm. health insurance, yes. and, yeah. and take on what many would see as a, as a risky thing, which is starting your own business and, and running with it. Can you tell me a little bit about why, why you made that decision, you know, you have a yeah. family, you yeah. giving up that job security, right? What was, the, what was the impulse?
1: So I, you know, I don't know that it was an impulse. It was something I'd been thinking about for many years. Um, And I think at the end of the day, you know, obviously my, my, my wife, you know, it made her very nervous. Um, sure. And yeah, I mean, you, you're kind of giving up all that safety and security that comes with working, you know, in a school district. Um, but I just felt like um, I got to that point in my career. I was like, I really want to go out and help other athletic administrators, other coaches, and hopefully um, what I've learned throughout my career can help someone else. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's a, at, when I first started, it was a little bit scary, um, but uh, I just, everything has been worked out really well. I honestly, it I mean, I think through a 25-year career in athletics, you just build de- develop a network. Um, and I've gone to that network and, and worked with a lot of those people I've worked with in my role as an athletic director. And again, at the end of the day, um, I don't really feel like I'm a salesperson or I'm just out trying to help people. And, and that comes in a lot of different areas. So I've worked with some startup companies that are kind of focusing on sport. Um, I've worked with a lot of um, trying to connect schools and um, businesses um, to help them kind of uh, develop some relationships that are going to be mutually beneficial. So schools need funds. Uh, businesses need a platform to you know, brand and market. Um, and so I've been working with a lot of uh, our high schools throughout Iowa with Varsity Bound, and that's been a, a great uh, blessing for me. Um, so, yeah, I've out. I, I was at the Wisconsin Athletic Director Convention this last week um, with uh, Todd and Aaron, my podcast co-hosts, and uh, we did a couple um, presentations out there. So I continue to to go out and try to, you know, educate and you know, and, and again, still for me, I still learn from others, which is great. And I always tell everybody, if I'm not out still learning and growing, then I need to find something else to do. And uh, I continue to find things to learn and and grow from in in all my interactions. Um, with athletic directors and coaches throughout the country.
0: So you you walk away from from the full time job, you start the small business. How do you decide? I, and the reason I'm asking this, I think there are other people out there who yeah. would be interested in doing the same. So if you've been out there doing it, let's learn from you so that maybe we don't make the mistakes that that you might have made. Yeah networking, as you mentioned, is, is a big part of that. You have to have that network. You, you just mentioned you go to, to clinics and conferences as, yeah. as a speaker, and that allows you to, to reach new people. Are there other ways you besides the podcast that you talked about, which is Beyond the Bench, by the way? Yeah. What other ways do you use to really market yourself and reach people who you otherwise wouldn't maybe reach from a face-to-face interaction?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously the podcast has been very beneficial and I've met a lot of um, athletic directors from across the country um, through our podcast. But speaking at the conventions and then obviously LinkedIn is um, has been something I've been on for a long time now. um, And that has uh, allowed me to form a lot of connections with athletic directors and businesses um, throughout my career that I've had the opportunity to consult with. Um, so social media obviously has been huge for me um, in in this in this new venture. And the more I can continue to share um, ideas and uh, get my you know brand myself, I know I, if if anybody's had the opportunity to listen to Dr. Scott Grant, he really talks about how you brand yourself and how you brand, you know uh, now with the name image and likeness for our student athletes in college, I think that even brings that more to the forefront and how important that can be in if you're deciding to jump to that next level um, and, and get out of the, you know, the school route um, and getting into the private sector. Um, I, there's so many things that I learned uh, from being an athletic director that I took with me. And I, you know, I, I think athletic directors, coaches, we have that, uh, we want to get stuff done and and uh, we got our checklists and we want to, so I feel like all those things I learned, Um, in my time as a coach and athletic director have, you know, led me to where I am today. Um, I wouldn't be here today without those experiences I had as an athletic director and coach. But at the end of the day, um, you know, just getting out, getting to know people is huge. And I I can't tell you how much the NIAAA, the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrator Association has meant to me um, just in my professional growth and learning from athletic directors and very good athletic directors throughout, throughout the country. Um, had the opportunity to work with some outstanding coaches in, in my time um, as, a, as a coach and an athletic director and learn from them. Um, again, and, and I, I go back to, I bring it all the way back to my high school career as an athlete in my college career. Uh, learned from great professors, great coaches in college, learned from great teachers and coaches. Um, And, you know, I was very involved in high school, so I was on speech and debate. I wrote for the school newspaper. I was in musicals. I was in plays, um, played athletics, and um, wouldn't trade that opportunity for anything. And my choir teacher, uh, when I was in seventh grade, I had a very high voice, so I sang soprano. And I remember some of the other kids in, in class would make fun of me. And I remember my choir teacher, you know, just being such a huge influence on me. Um, and you know, so it wasn't just athletics, uh, but just that whole experience in activities uh, gave me a great perspective. Um, and, and as an athletic and activities director at the high school level, I feel being uh, involved in many things in high school gave me a really good perspective on what that high school experience is all about. You know, we want it to be about the wins and losses, and societally everybody wants to win. But as we all know, somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, and so. It really comes back down to that. Our teachers and coaches using, you know, their platform to teach life skills to our student athletes, which I feel is maybe the most important aspect of athletics.
0: Question in the chat box from from David and says, can you share a situation where you've made an impact on a program? Obviously, without revealing too much about the program itself. Talk, Talk about a success story.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I think there's a, a lot, I, and I think too many of the student athletes I've worked with over the years. Um, and, and honestly, at the end of the day, that's what I have loved about my experience as an athletic administrator is just making impact on students' lives. Um, as far as program, you know, I think one thing that we instituted that I've you know been really proud of is uh, we implemented 3D uh, coaching. Um, with many of our staffs that I worked with, and I saw some great, um, you know, transformations. Um, and and I think it all comes down to for coaches and to make an impact is they have to know that purpose and their why of what they're doing. Um, and at the end of the day, through the the hiring process, through our evaluation, through our professional development, um, if we have you know our core values really at the center of what we're doing, mm-hmm. I think that makes a huge difference. So. I feel like wherever I've been, I've tried to, you know, be student-centered, be athlete-centered um, and really try to make it about, you know, education-based athletics versus it all being about the trophies and the medals and all that stuff. Because, I, again, I I wouldn't have done that for 25 years had I not felt like there was a, a bigger why than winning the state championship. Um, and I, I see, you know, many coaches that that have the careers very successful but are they leaving a lasting impact other than just the wins and losses? And I think that is what I've loved about the opportunity. And hopefully I've made that impact on the coaches and student athletes. I've had the, you know, the fortune of working with.
0: Yeah. I think you and I would both agree that when we, we talk about win losses, it's great. Yeah. We want to win. There's, we're we're not in, we're not in sports to, to come out at the bottom. We want to be at the top but if we place athletes above everything else if we put them first and we take care of them yeah. ultimately success is more likely to happen because they're yeah. more invested in the program
1: yeah and and it's i in it's all about developing that relationship i i know like many of our coaches have you know the knowledge base just like many of our teachers have the knowledge base you know many of our teachers and and coaches have the ability to motivate motivate people within their class or their teams um, but I feel like that that huge piece that it's it's tough is to develop positive relationships and holding people accountable, um, which is hard to do, because obviously when you have to hold people accountable at times, they don't always like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the art and skill of I really feel like being a coach and being as effective coach is is developing a positive relationship with your student athletes and your parents and your community and then having the ability to to make tough decisions, knowing that there's going to be a, a, a faction of people that don't agree with what you're doing.
0: Right. I want to go back to, to what you were talking about a little bit earlier, which was being on LinkedIn, being on social media, being active there. When, when you're trying to be active on social media, what are you actually doing? How do you, how are you recruiting clients from somewhere like LinkedIn, t- LinkedIn, which can be this massive pool of everybody promoting themselves in, right. in many ways. <laughs> How yeah. do you how do you do that because as a as somebody who uses LinkedIn yeah I don't like it when somebody sends me a message and says check out all of what I can do for you here X Y and Z that really turns me off sure how do you do it how do you find people
1: so yeah you know, I'm you know I'm not uh I, I guess at the end of the day I'm I'm here to help people so uh you know there's there's been times when uh, I've reached out to people just to see if I can help, and that doesn't always mean that I'm making money. <laughs> you know, I think uh, in many things I do, it's just to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, if if for me it's it's providing people with um, you know you know thanking them for what they do, uh, reaching out and seeing if there's any way I can help, um, and that doesn't always mean that I'm going to make money off that. At the end of the day. Uh, my purpose is just to, to be a servant leader. And so, um, I haven't been caught up on, you know, I know, I know I'm never going to be a millionaire, (laughs) uh, but I I do love, uh, helping others. So at the end of the day, if I can provide some education or just some encouraging words, um, I've I've had a lot of people, even on Twitter that have reached out and just said, Hey, thanks for that tweet. Um, thanks for this piece. I had an athletic director reach out to me this summer. And it was kind of when I was kind of in that mode, like, okay, what am I doing here? What, how am I going to do this? And he reached out and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, I, I took some of the information that I reached up to you on Twitter about, and I implemented it at my school. And now uh, we have actually made enough money where we don't have to charge our kids to come to the games. All of our kids can come for free. That made me feel great because again, I, and I didn't make any money off that, but it made me feel good that I helped a school provide opportunities for kids to come and just be able to, to be kids and enjoy a, a, a safe environment where they could have fun together and enjoy the game of sport. Um, and, and for many of those kids that maybe can't afford to go to the game, or they might be out doing something else um, that made me feel good. So that's just a small story, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, providing education, providing encouraging, encouragement um, coaches and athletic directors have tough jobs. And I feel like many times, and I know I felt this way as a coach in AD, kind of feel like you're on an island. And I feel like in our business, that's why it is so imperative to have a network of people that you can call and just say, hey, man, I had a terrible day. I need somebody to, to walk me through and talk uh, talk me through this. Um, and and it, what made me think about that, really, Dr. Baggers, was our conversations about, you know, how, and, and you've made a great point on how schools need to bring in outside resources for our coaches and administrators to learn and grow and have somebody to just talk with. I think that's really important. So if I can serve in that role for, for coaches and athletic directors, again, I'm I'm here to help. Um, and I always tell people, if we need to figure out money, we can figure that out. But at the end of the day, um, I just want to help coaches and ADs become better.
0: Got a question in the chat box in just a minute, but I, I want to Ask one more question about this social media because you you find a lot of clients through that. You network a lot with that. How do you switch it off? How do you switch off the fact that you work for yourself and so your brain is always thinking about this? It's not a nine to five where you can walk away on a Friday evening and be done till Monday.
1: Sure. Again, I, I, it has all come down to me is just sharing good information. And at some point I feel like um, I read an article on Forbes magazine and, um, and this has been kind of my uh, strategy is like, I'm going to help people with a lot of things that I feel like are, we're not going to take a lot of time for me. And then when they do maybe have a big project or the, something that they need a lot of help with, they could reach out to me because I've built a level of trust and, and I've built up a relationship and a rapport with that person. So when they do have those big projects or things that they are gonna spend money on anyway, hopefully they'll reach out to me.
0: Yeah, um, that's 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 not really what my I I get what you're saying. My question is really how does Scott turn it off?
1: Oh, okay. So that you it.
0: can have time with family, oh yeah, not always be thinking about your job.
1: And and I and, and I as an athletic director and a coach, I feel like that hasn't really changed for me. I feel like an athletic director, you're on 24-7. Mm-hmm. Your Saturday Sunday, you got tournaments. Mm-hmm. you've got you know a bus breaks down, you've got a team traveling and something happens. Um, I feel like you're on all the time. so I don't know that that's really changed for me. Um, and maybe maybe that's why it's been a, a private a, a good transition, but I also now in this role have a little bit more flexibility in my time because I create my schedule. Mm-hmm. You know it's not you know games and other things that create my schedule. I create my schedule. so, I've loved the fact that I've been able to attend my my kids games um, and 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 have time, maybe probably more time for me um, outside of my athletic director coaching role, um, just because I have some flexibility now.
0: Question in the chat then from Omar, he says, entering a new role as an AD or coach or, or really any leadership position in an organization, how do you overcome the organization's resistance to change?
1: Yeah, that's a great, great question. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I think there's a, I think there's gotta be some, um, there's gotta be obviously every, everybody has issues. Um, And I think for me in my role, when I stepped in was, you know, developing a relationship with our coaching staff, um, developing relationships with, you know, everybody in our organization and then finding out what people felt were some things that we needed to change. And that was reaching out to student athletes, reaching out to staff, reaching out to coaches, wouldn't be any different than uh, in a business. Um, What things do you think are going well? What things do you think we need to change? And um, then coming up with a plan to then execute, you know, um, making some changes. And obviously, uh, there's, you know, there's always different perspectives within an organization that, you know, this group, this faction might think that this is an issue. Another faction thinks this is an issue. And at the end of the day, I feel like through professional development and creating a culture, is very, uh, you know, important in that also. So not just me developing a level of trust with our coaching staff or with our organization, but also bringing everybody else together. And I felt like for me, um, in my role as an athletic director, our professional development was a great platform for me to to kind of still kind of coach and and lead some of those discussions and talk about, you know, what can we do to improve? How can we make our student athletes experience better you know and again and then leading our you know our organization and our team to a strategic plan leading them to their transformational purpose and their why um, I feel like that is my role and maybe my most important role um, as an athletic director or leader but then through that it's okay am I hiring the right person Am I using my core values? Mm -hmm. Am I using our mission and vision for our school to put the right person in place? I'm not, I can't just hire somebody because they won state, you know, 12 state championships. Well, you could but you could, but at the end of the day, I want to hire somebody who maybe has won 12 state championships, but then still shares, you know, our, our purpose and our mission and our vision for what that department means. And sometimes, you know, the best coach isn't always the right fit. I just was at uh, I was just speaking at our um, Iowa High School Athletic Director Association. We did our coaching evaluation course this past weekend, and I was speaking. And um, you know, the best coach isn't always the right coach, or maybe it's whoever's you know says it. This coach has this more many wins than this person, but this person's the best fit. And I think that comes down to, for you, what have you you know placed your you know value on? Is it the relationship? Is it you know you know the student athlete or is it the trophies in the case? Um, and for me, it's always been about you know creating an environment for our student athletes to be successful and putting our kids in a in a position to be successful. But then also putting that the right coach in place or the right people in place to make sure that we have a, a great culture. And that and that's hard right now because we do have such a shortage shortage of coaches. And you know sometimes um, you know there's been interviews. Where I was like, I had to just keep looking had an in interview. I didn't find the person that fit what we needed. So we kept looking and looking and it took forever. And I had a group of people that were like, Hey, you need to get this hired. I'm like, I, I know. And I, and I want to get this hired, but I want to make sure it's the right person and the right fit. Because at the end of the day, if you're bringing in people that don't share your, your mission and your vision and your core values, it's probably not going to work or you're going to run into issues.
0: I agree a hundred percent and changing a culture in an organization takes time and it is we want to go in and we want to to fix things immediately right but a lot of the people that have created the the culture that you don't agree with or you don't like aren't going to just automatically walk away it is it is a, a challenge to slowly make those transitions and and the hires and and being very visible about what your values are helps sure. to contribute to that.
1: That's a really good uh, point. Yeah.
0: Jake Jake has a question. Um, how did oh, your hey, project come about?
1: Oh, Hey, well, uh, I honestly, I, throughout my career, um, fundraising has been something that I've been successful at. So um, in this transition, I felt like I, um, you know, writing that book on fundraising and development was something that I had some success in and just wanted to share that story with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and and hopefully they can steal a couple of good ideas because that's, I feel like athletic directors were really good at stealing I, good ideas and making them our own. And I was, uh, you know, blessed enough to have the opportunity to work with a, a great athletic director when I was at Muscatine. It was Chuck Van Heck. That was a national athletic director of the year. And I learned a ton from him. Uh, about just development and fundraising and he was a master at it. And so through my experience with him and, and listening to athletic directors all over the country, just, I felt like um, I put together a, a, a pretty good solid marketing plan for our athletic department and had some success and was able to raise a lot of money for uh, many of the schools I worked for, uh, whether that was for for facilities or whether that was instituting um, some kind of leadership program for student athletes or implementing professional development for our coaches. I really wanted to, to raise money that was going to benefit our kids and coaches in the best way possible. And so, and I'll link this back to what we just talked about in creating culture is I was reaching out to our coaches, our student athletes, our community, our, our administration, what do you feel like we need to improve upon to, to be better? Um, you know, and many of that was you know, creating leadership opportunities for student-athletes. Well, that costs money. Creating gr- great professional development for our coaching staff, that costs money. Uh, creating great facilities for our, uh, you know, for our student-athletes and, and our community, that costs money. So I, I really felt, you know, compelled that fundraising was going to be very important in within, um, you know, my success and our school success, because at the end of the day, we needed to raise money to, to provide these opportunities for our coaches and kids. So um, it, it really lent itself um, to that. When I was up in Minneapolis, um, the school I worked at, we basically got a block grant and then we had to come up with the rest of money. So a huge part of my job was to create corporate sponsorships, to create opportunities for us to raise money through our alumni, through um, corporate sponsors, uh, through donations. So I really felt like through that opportunity also, I learned a lot. And um the difference between being in a large, you know, suburban area uh, versus being in a very small town. There's some differences there. Um, and I feel like I had the opportunity to be at a very small school, you know, kind of a medium-sized school and a very large school. And so uh, fundraising works different in every community. And not everything always fits. So I just, uh, you know, had the opportunity to, to now write that book and, and felt like um, I could share some of my experiences. And hopefully others can learn from it.
0: And... How do we get hold of this book?
1: Uh, it's it's on Amazon. Uh, you can just go in the search, put Scott Jarvis, and you can pull up uh, my book, Athletic um, and Development Fundraising Strategies for Athletic Directors and Coaches.
0: Okay. Uh, last question for me. Looking at looking at your experiences as an AD in particular, you've worked with a lot of coaches. You've seen a lot of coaching, good and bad. Can you give maybe two or three pieces of advice for coaches who are looking to, to improve?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, number one, I just feel like you need to love your kids, love your student athletes. Um, I think that's probably the biggest. Um, And I I wrote an article uh, a while back and I really talk about coaching and the foundation of love. And I, and I talk to our coaches about this uh, often is you know, when we love something or we love someone, we're willing to do whatever it takes for them to be successful. So, you know, we talk a lot about love and and some people might think that's corny. Some people might think it sounds weird. But at the end of the day, um, I think our coaches just need to love our kids. Um, I, and I think with that, with loving our student athletes and um, caring for them, I think a lot of great things happen. Um, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win a state championship but it's a huge uh, foundation. Um, I talk about in my article too, I talk about many times when I talk to kids that have gone on and, and been very successful, they don't talk, when they come back to their re- reunions, they don't talk about the wins and the losses. They talk about how their teammates and their coaches made them feel and what things that they did for them to make them, to help them be successful. So it's, it was never really about the wins and losses and that's why I loved your tweet the other day, Dr. Baghurst, was that it's about that platform. And I think athletics is a, a an incredible platform to teach, you know, the skills that I feel as coaches that we need to, but um, it doesn't always happen that way. And that's why I, I love the fact that um, we have FSU coach and, and institutions across the country that are trying to teach coaches, you know, best practices, trying to teach coaches that Um, it's just more than the X's and O's. It's really about creating that relationship and building, um, you know, students are going to go out and do great things. And that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and be professional athletes, but they might be, you know, a cardiologist, they might be a brain surgeon, they might be an attorney. They might go out and change the world because, you know, we had the ability at a a young age to give kids opportunity to, to fail in an environment where they've got people there to support them. So I think that's maybe number two is is allowing kids to fail and, and letting them know what's okay to fail. Because I feel like so many times in athletics, we preach and preach and preach, you can't fail, you can't fail, you can't lose. And we don't provide the kids that opportunity to fail mm-hmm. and and then learn from that. And then at the end of the day, when they get out and they have high stakes, you know, and their job's online or or you know, they've they're having issues within their family that we've provided them a foundation that they can learn and grow through. Um, I have my own daughter who's now in athletics and, you know, she comes home and there's days where she's like, you know, so-and-so was mean to me today (laughs) or coach yelled at me today. And I'm like, okay, now as, as a young athlete, you need to learn that there's going to be days like that when you're an adult and you're going to be in a, in a job where somebody's not always going to be nice to you or you're going to work with somebody that you don't necessarily always like but how do you work through that and find a way to make it work and build a relationship, even though you might always agree with what they're doing. So I think there's a lot of skills that, that, um, and sometimes like I I, I I had this conversation with my wife where my wife always kind of gets involved in that too. And I'm like, okay, she's got to learn from this and grow and she'll, she'll learn. And it won't be an issue for long because she'll figure it out. So, um, sometimes I feel like we just need to let kids fail and then learn and grow through that. And I think Bell's probably the two, loving our kids and and allowing there to be a climate and culture that failure, but then failing forward, learning and growing from our failure is is, uh, paramount for coaches.
0: Well, thanks for joining me today. And I know that people watch this on YouTube at a later point or on the podcast that we have. If they have a question for you, want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: You can reach out to me uh, via my Twitter, it's at PocketAD, or you can reach out to me via email at scott.jarvisconsulting at gmail.com. And again, uh, if there's any way I can help anyone out there, um, please let me know. I'm always willing to help coaches and athletic directors grow in their, in their, in their skill set of, of providing our student-athletes with a great education-based athletic experience.
0: Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, and I really do appreciate it. Yes, also, want to remind everybody that each and every week we have a special guest on the show. So be sure to subscribe or like wherever you're watching this. Um, but behalf on, on behalf of myself, Tim Backhurst, and of course Scott Jarvis, thank you so much for watching.